It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I'm going to talk about a new service that more and more people are using when they're short of cash. And later, have you noticed the number of junk phone calls actually really seems like it's going down? Hope it is for you. I want to talk right now about when you're down on your cash. Historically, the nation's banks have been abysmal at how they've treated people who were short of money. The banks have had these massive fees when you bounce a check, and you know it's a punitive fee that if you calculated the imputed interest rate, it would even be worse than payday loans. And so more and more banks are under extreme public pressure are getting rid of overdraft fees. They're holding on, they're announcing it, in many cases, months and months and months before they get rid of them so they can at least grab those billions in between. But the truth is, a bounce check costs a bank pennies that they might charge you 36 bucks for. And so it's just a moneymaker for the banks. They love them. And then you've got the payday lenders that I mentioned that are both online and physical places that tend to charge typically 400 to 800% for their loans. Well, there have been a number of people out there who are like, how do we lend money to people that are in a rough patch and not rip them off to the end of the earth? And they, in their own right, have become fairly controversial. I've talked about several that are available through employers because employers just uh, hate the whole thing of people coming and asking for a payday advance, saying, you know, I got these bills, my transmission went bad, can I have my pay in advance? And so employers have essentially outsourced it to third-party companies, and some of those charge a ton of junk fees that if you calculate it in, it would be a massive interest rate. Others are actually very reasonable. Your employer may even be covering some of the costs when you want an advance, and then they don't have to be involved in it. So there are a number of people who are involved in consumer protection kind of work who are really, really upset with any of these organizations. But there's a lot of experimentation going on. And to me, this is not necessarily a bad alternative. There are people who get into a tough spot and they do need money to pay a bill before the paycheck comes. You don't want somebody to be in the clutches of payday loans, typically paying, again, 400 to 800%. so there are these groups that, because you're employed and they check you out, they don't do a normal credit check typically, though, they will do an advance of your pay. And one of them that regulators are really mixed on is Dave. Dave is one that I've had questions about before. And with it, you are asked for a tip. And by the way, they're not the only ones that do this. Instead of saying, you must pay for this advance of your paycheck, you decide what it's worth to you to have us do it. And then just like 
Krista and I talked about recently with how you see the iPad at a place and you know it's going to be flipped around and there's going to be suggested tips. A lot of these companies that will do these advances to you, not connected to your employer, it's just something you sign up for, they will have suggested tips. Well, if you give the tip they suggest, you're giving what is the equivalent of a massive interest rate payment for having use of money for days, maybe, you know, five days, 12 days, whatever. And so it's up to you to decide what it's really worth to you to get out of a jam. So these companies all charge less than what the banks rip you off with with a bounce check charge. I mean, it's not even close to what the banks rip you off at. But if you take the daily cost of money, it is a huge amount of interest. Now, with any of these things, you can end up in the same curse as with payday loans. And this is where you've got to be so, so honest with yourself. Because once somebody takes out one of these, it becomes really easy to say, oh, I'm going to take out another, and then another, and then another. And before you know it, you're living a deficit spending life. So what's the alternative? The alternative, I was uh, being interviewed by a TV reporter just last week, and she hated my answer in the situation she asked me about. And so it was somebody who had had an unexpected expense in their lives. They were having all these problems. And I said, well, you know, the real answer is for them to pick up some gig work, to do something to bring in a little more cash to deal with that unexpected expense so that you don't find yourself fighting from behind. And that wasn't an answer that she was looking for. She was looking for some magic potion from me. There's not a magic potion. Sometimes it just is you've got to see where you can cut an expense out of your life. And if there's not one, you're already expenses are already cut to the bone. Then the alternative is you're going to have to at least temporarily generate more income. But you don't want to get into a cycle. And if I'm speaking to you, something you're doing where you're steadily taking on more and more temporary loans or using the credit card to tide you over and you're paying really high interest rates on the credit cards, that's when you've got to take a scalpel to your expenses or give up some of your free time that you have right now and work more hours. I mean, this is falling on um, resentful ears if you're already working two, three jobs, something like that, and you still can't make ends meet. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you've got a situation where you're just wheezing some and you pick up a little more work, whatever gig work it would be or part-time job, because people are begging for workers right now and the pay rates are better than they used to be, then you can get back control of your wallet. Krista? Okay, the first question I'm going to read is from Wayne in Georgia. My wife received a letter from a CPA in Florida. It claims her deceased father has unrecovered property in the amount of over $10,000. For a fee, they can recover this money. They're asking for a copy of her driver's license and social security number. Is this a scam? Normally, Wayne, this is not a scam. There are finders companies that check public databases 
that are available to any of us and they say hey look at this there's money for this person we're going to take um usually it's 10 to 30 percent of the money in return for doing the legwork for you you can look at this as they've done you a favor by alerting you to the money being there for her deceased dad and she or another heir may be the person entitled to the 10 grand plus and it could be an insurance policy often uh could be a bank account or savings account nobody knew was there it could be a number of things like that and the first place you go is missingmoney.com missingmoney.com is a multi-state database where you can put in someone's name and wayne i hope that your wife's deceased dad had a unusual last name the more unusual the last name the easier it is to find unclaimed money unclaimed accounts when somebody's like uh, jones smith wilson something like that it's not that easy i mean krista think how easy it would be for anybody in your family yes to find unclaimed money with such an unusual last name and checked every state they've lived in right and then right. rhode island isn't that or is it delaware where do you want to check? oh delaware okay banks. delaware and connecticut both have unusual situations that are always good to check their databases directly if you don't find it on missingmoney.com there's another website called unclaimed.org which is the clearinghouse website of the state unclaimed property administrators and so going to those two sites will shake loose most of the money from the money tree the third possibility is if her late dad had a home insured by the fha there is fha money that goes unclaimed many times when somebody sells a house or passes away in a home where they had an fha loan odds are you do this digging you got a really really great chance you're going to find this on your own and it'll cost nothing it is legit though with any missing money that you're going to have to prove who you are and it will involve the identity piercing things like your social security number and a copy of the driver's license in order to be united or reunited with your money or being an heir the money that you were the likely heir to and so go hunt if you can't find it anywhere and you want to use a finder service never pay more than 10 percent and Ben in Washington says, we've accepted an offer on a new build home that has an estimated close date at the end of July. This far out, I'm very concerned about delays in construction and finding a lender to lock out that far without a lot of fees has been difficult. Do you have any advice on what we should do? Ben, this is brutal. I've been asked this. A friend called me and asked me this question. Uh, is that yesterday? <laughs> because they're building new construction and they have the same issue you have and the problem is you don't know even when they tell you when the home will be finished you don't know when it will actually be finished and so locking in months ahead is pretty expensive and then your lock could well expire before the house is completed if the federal reserve is taken seriously that they're getting their arms around inflation here's the oddest thing 
you could see later this year mortgage rates decline while other interest rates rise because lenders lending money for mortgages will not be as worried about the money that they're earning on your loan eroding due to inflation if they believe the Federal Reserve has finally really gotten serious about doing something about escalating prices. So it's kind of a gamble on mortgage rates. But if you're many months out, I would wait till you're more confident on a closing date before you lock in. And this is from Dave in Ohio, and he represents many, many people who have asked about this. The device EcoPlus plugs into your car's computer and claims to increase fuel consumption. Is this for real? Okay, so there are many, many devices like this, and we get questions about these devices every single time gas prices spike. I remember when we had our previous high record on gas prices in 2009, I think it was, we were getting deluged with questions about all these devices that were being promoted on TV commercials and on the internet. And every time gas prices come back down, the questions stop. But there's nothing that we have seen that has been independently verified, not marketing hype, to actually increase your fuel economy by a plug-in device or anything like that. And when you go to Amazon, I did a search for this device and similar ones, and there's so many that look exactly the same, just different labels on them, the same green you know, shape, everything. And it's very hard to find reviews. It looks like like a lot of people keep renaming devices. Um, so they'll buy them, source them from Asia, and then they just slap their own brand yeah. name on them? Probably so. so. Oh, well. Well, you know, the way you can attack gas prices, the simplest, is by shopping around using Gas Price Watch, Gas Buddy, filling up your tank, starting to look to see the best price when you're at a third of a tank, not when you're on fumes, and so just in your regular driving, you know what prices are, and when you see a good price in your a third of a tank or less, that's when you go ahead and fill up because you can in most metro areas you can make a difference of a dollar a gallon, roughly more or less, and what you pay per gallon just by shopping the low price in a market. And I like that a lot better than buying an unproven device off of Amazon, eBay, or Walmart Plus. And coming up, we're going to talk about robocalls. What are the scamsters doing now since placing robocalls is getting tougher? So robocalls are something that we despise, but the reason there are billions and billions of them is there's some percent of people who get hooked, who answer that call and end up getting ripped off. And the feds and the phone companies have tried for years to shut the valve off of all these rip-off robocalls being placed typically from overseas with the cooperation often of little tiny phone companies in the United States that help the scamsters place these calls. Well, new procedures and requirements have gone into place, and you actually should start to notice a reduction, if you haven't already, in the number of spam scam calls that are coming into your phone. 
I've talked before and I use various apps that have already been diverting a lot of those calls from me anyway. A lot of times it'll pop up and say, suspected scam call or spam call. And it doesn't even uh, want me to answer it. And then others divert away that I never even know they were placed when it's a known scam number versus a suspected one. And so it's really important not to answer these things. But I want to tell you, the crooks want their money. So there's a clear new trend, and it's this, spam text coming in on your main texting platform, on WhatsApp, on any of the third-party things like Viber. The criminals are looking for any way to reach you and get in your wallet. Very common one that I've seen lately is where you'll get a message and it can be on any platform where it says, "Uh, Jim, is this your number? I'm not sure if this is your right number. I had one the other day where someone said that they had lost their phone and lost their contacts. Well, we know that's not true because if you're in the Apple orbit, your stuff is stored with them. If you're in the Android orbit, it's stored with Google you replace your phone, you have all your data. You have your contacts and all that. Something would really have to go wrong for you to lose them. Just know that any pitch where somebody is pretending you're somebody else, they may have sent that to 5 million people, 100 million people, whatever, and they're trying to get you. They're trying to get you hooked. Know that this is the new alternative is through messaging. We already know about social media how crooks try to get you on social media but as the phone calls become harder for them to place till the crooks come up there wily come up with a workaround know that through messaging of all types of platforms this is where they're really going to try to reach you and krista when i talked about this the other day you said you're not getting all the messaging I'm not getting any more than I was. I do get spam messages, but thankfully, knock on my head, knock so on wood. So what does it mean that I'm getting so many that way? I don't does know. it mean that I've been gullible in the past in some no, way? No, I don't know how it works. It's so crazy. So the main thing I is... I do get some. Like, there's this one that keeps sending me some kind of weight loss thing, and it's just constant, like, spam, and I just ignore it. It would be bad if you lost any weight, right? <laughs> Aren't you right where you want to be? I'm... Ha- I'm I'm healthy. That's all that matters. Okay. So just know you've got to be your own police officer because a scamster gets you on the phone. They con you through social media. They get you through texting. Once they've got you, once they've got your money, there's no way really to ever get that money back. Let's hear some questions. Okay. This is from Mike in Tennessee. I recently heard Clark say... He has switched over to an electric razor and that he loves it. I'm curious as to which make and model of razor he prefers and does he shave wet or dry with it? I've owned several electric razors and continue to struggle finding one that I'm satisfied with. And by the way, wasn't just Mike heard from four people this week asking which razor you're using. Really? So I'm using a Norelco rotary triple blade shaver and I don't know the model number. I'll I'll check and I'll find out. Where'd and you get it? 
I got it at Costco when it was on sale. So that was your, was that your decision-making process? That it was on sale. (laughs) No, I had tried a, um, an off-brand electric razor that I got at Aldi and it was pretty good. Hmm. And I'd never used an electric before that one. And so my brother had told me, my oldest brother had started using an electric razor and always been a, a you know, a wet blade shaver. And he was he said he really likes it, that if he's got to do really up close shaving, he still needs to wet shave. But otherwise, he uses the electric. And so, so I got the one at Aldi for 20 bucks and tried it. And it was... It was pretty good, mm. and it worked on days that I wasn't going to be on camera, <laughs> and so it, it made you look like you know you, you didn't have that really grimy kind of look. But Did it you have wasn't. To spend more on generic band aids, or was that not? No, a never cut. Okay, never cut. No, no burns, no cuts, nothing. No nicks. What do they say in the commercial? No nicks, no cuts, whatever. And so then Costco had the sale on the Norelco, and so I got it. For $69. And it's been really, really good. But I'll find out what the model number is because uh, I don't know. But and you shave dry today, with it? Dry, shave dry. Okay. So I shaved with it today. How do I look? Let's see. Do I look okay? You, you look fine. I oh, but do you see you. places I missed? I don't. No. Okay. I don't. I think you're fine. Okay. So <laughs> it works. So, so not an exact scientific method of figuring it out but there are probably reviews you can find yeah so when i do tv i tend to shave with a with a wet razor just to make sure i get everything just right extra close shave but otherwise i'm an electric man now all right electric uh, car electric <laughs> razor uh, here, this one's from Brenda in Indiana. Trying to be a responsible senior, I'm going over my assets, etc., and making sure all is in order for my children should I become ill or pass away. Would it have any negative consequences for my adult children if I added them as authorized users on my credit card? I plan on telling them but not giving them the actual card at this time. So, Brenda, there's no real upside to adding your adult children as authorized users in this case. They would not be legally responsible for your debts at the time of your passing on these credit cards. But if there was a delay in paying them off or if there weren't sufficient assets to pay them off, then their authorized user status would reflect negatively on them, even though they're not legally liable or responsible for your credit card debts. If you had a child who was having trouble establishing credit, Adding them as an authorized user helps them establish a good credit reputation, a good credit score. But otherwise, I would not recommend it in your circumstance. And this is from Kurt in Wisconsin. Dear Clark, we have a 19-year-old finishing her first year in college. Despite our best efforts on educating her on personal finance, she is not very good with money. Because of this, we did not get nor encourage her to get her own credit card. She has been an authorized user on our card for three years, but she does not even know this, much less have physical possession of this card. Our concern is that we have noticed on her checking account that she is getting debits from something called Afterpay. We are concerned that this may be a credit card disguised as an app. Can you educate us on what Afterpay is? Afterpay is what's known as a pay-in-for. 
So your daughter is going to the register at stores or shopping online when she doesn't have the money to buy something and the retailers, the online sellers are extending her instant credit in what's known as pay in four, where they take however much money she's borrowing and she has to make it in four payments. Unfortunately, there's been a big problem with people either defaulting on the pay-in-fours or they're late, they're delinquent paying them, and they end up with crummy credit. They may also be, uh, depending on who the pay-in-four vendor is, they may be getting hassled by debt collectors. It is just another form of credit, and it's really important, Kurt, that you research pay-in-four, or you look at, uh, you can even read reviews of Afterpay, which is just one brand of these pay-in-fours. They're spreading like, uh, some people would say wildfire. I'd say they're spreading like a plague or locusts across the land because so many people are ending up in debt. They wouldn't otherwise because they buy things that they don't have the money for right then, but they're like, oh, I can handle one-fourth of the payment. I'm going to go ahead and buy it forgetting they've got to pay the other three quarters of whatever it is they're buying. So that's what it is, and this is a good time to do some uh, homeschool, educating her about paying for and the dangers of it before it becomes the school of hard knocks. And I want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Have a wonderful day, and know that we are here to serve you around the clock with information for your wallet to keep you away from ripoffs, to help you get better ways to build your financial strength and assets at Clark.com.